Welcome back to the Mental Plateau Podcast. My name is Shrey Skirotra, and I'm a rising junior at Hinsel Central High School. I'm very passionate about mental health, how it intersects with other careers, as well as how we can help others in our very own communities. Today, we'll be discussing the complex overlap between mental health as well as the field of medicine. With that said, I welcome Dr. Musuboy, a highly respected pediatrician and spokesperson for mental health in his community. Let's get right into it. Could you introduce yourself, Dr. Musuboy? Uh, yeah, uh, I am a uh, pediatrician uh, at uh, Pediatrust Hinsdale Pediatrics. I've been practicing for about 12 years. Did my training at uh, Rush Medical College and then uh, did my residency at the University of Chicago. Um, and uh, proud to be a pediatrician in the community, uh, working with uh, a lot of the kids out here and a lot of the other organizations. Yep. So. Considering that the field of medicine is so broad and as well as very rigorous, what drove you to choose such a career amongst everything else? Well, it's interesting because I didn't start out uh, my career in medicine. Uh, yeah. I went, uh, did my undergraduate at the University of Illinois uh, in Champaign in mechanical engineering and uh, worked for about five or six years. And then, you know, everyone asks me why I went into medicine and I mm-hmm. just tell them, you know, I had an enlightenment. I uh, just kind of felt like I was on the wrong path and, uh, and this was the right path for me. And I think that, uh, you know, that's really the point is that, um, you know, a lot of kids or people think that from day one they mm-hmm. want to be a doctor and they yeah. don't know why. Uh, but I think you always have to keep your options open. you got a lot of yeah. people who go into medicine who um, don't end up there and you have mm-hmm. a lot of people who don't go into medicine and end up a doctor. Yeah. Um, so just follow your you know, follow your gut, uh, keep exploring, and you'll end up where you end up, you know? Yeah. I mean, even in the classroom, one thing that I do see is, like, on Introduce Yourself, like, on the very first day, people are always, like, one in every three students are, like, I want to be a doctor when I grow up, or mm-hmm. I want to be a surgeon, or I want to enter the medical field. So, given the rapidly evolving, like, landscape of healthcare, do you have any advice for aspiring students, whether it be in high school, college, or in higher levels of ed- education? Yeah, you know, I think it's amazing that uh, so many people want to be doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, To be a doctor, you know, uh, doesn't just mean that it's a profession. It means that you're helping people, that you are interested in being a part of the community, that you are interested in uh, helping people in the community, right? Mm -hmm. Not just yourself. And uh, so that's amazing that, that so many kids want to be doctors. But I always... Uh, feel that it's important to continue to explore. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that I love to do is bring in high school students yeah. uh, to shadow in mm-hmm. the office because I think they get a great experience of seeing what it's like to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, what, you know, it's not all fun and games. Mm-hmm. It's not all uh, glitz and glamour, right? Yeah. There's a lot of other things that you deal with, and it's a tough life. You know, there's a, it, you're, you're constantly uh, uh, have to be on... Uh, on your game, you constantly have to be focused, yeah. um, and you get some difficult cases. And so, uh, you 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 gotta explore. You've gotta uh, look around, see what you like, mm-hmm. um, and explore other things as well. Yeah. Um, you know, even when you're thinking about college, 
uh, you know, there are a lot of people who want to be doctors, who think about being a doctor, and then sophomore, junior year of college, they realize that's not the path for them. Yeah. And so keep your options open. You know, think about think about what other things you might be interested in as well. Yeah. Uh, as you're going down that path. And that change of decision is always okay. I mean, a lot of students, from what I've seen or what I've read, have always changed from just being a pre-med kid to somewhat changing to biomedical engineering, mm -hmm. just for the fact of safety. I mean, that's what the consideration that some people aren't sure if they can put that commitment for eight years and then residency and so on. So balancing a medical medical career obviously can be very tough. Um, how do you? How does you as a person? manage self-care and how do you maintain good mental health amidst the pressures of your profession? Well, it's hard. Um, you know, I mean, uh, the pressures are there. Uh, there's a lot of kids in need right now, especially. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a responsibility as pediatricians or as doctors mm -hmm. to support the community. So when I yeah. get more and more kids with mental health concerns, um, I need to take care of them. Uh, and uh, uh, a lot of the you know mental health providers, our psychiatrists, our psychologists, they are also overwhelmed yeah. with the, uh, just the sheer numbers of uh, kids uh, in need of help. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times that uh, weight falls back on the pediatricians, right? Yeah. So we uh, are responsible for our kids and yeah. that's the commitment we make. And so we have to put in the time. Yeah. But with that, you've got to take time for yourself if you're not... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, if you're not maintaining your own mental health, then you are not, uh, you're doing a disservice to yeah. your uh, patients and your community as well. So you got to take the time, whatever you need uh, as a physician to, uh, uh, you know, uh, center yourself. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's my family. Um, yeah. I uh, like to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. I like to be at home. Um, uh, I like to exercise whenever I yeah. can. Um, you know, things like that uh, really helped me to mm -hmm. feel more centered. I completely agree with your idea. And here on the Mental Plateau podcast, we somewhat clarify that as the term of a mental plateau. So as we like slightly discussed in the last episode with Raymond Gonzalez, who's also a social worker, he mentioned that a mental plateau is an object that can be in your own mind. And it's important to not only help yourself, but also help others, whether that be your peer or your community or anyone around you overcome those small challenges or even big ones that may not be physical but more on the mental side. So considering that you talk to a lot of teenagers or a lot of kids, in your opinion, what are one to two mental issues or mental plateaus that um, our generation is somewhat struggling with? And what would be your advice for that? Well, I think the, you know, I think the, the generation, your generation, yeah. the high school kids now, even the college age kids now, they're different from uh, uh, my generation. Mm -hmm. I'm old now, you know, I'm that uh, higher generation, my hair's turning white. Um, and the, the experiences that you guys have are different from what we, we had growing up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this exposure to uh, uh, screens, to phones, mm -hmm. to Instagram, uh, social media uh, has, in a sense, rewired your brains. Yeah. And the stimulation that you guys, uh, that, that, that the youth uh, generation uh, uh, seeks out um, yeah. has affected uh, how you think and how, how kids uh, uh, process mm -hmm. information. 
Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest things that 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 uh, uh, the youth have to understand is that you have to slow your brain down. Yeah. Uh, you really have to slow down the stimulation that yeah. you are uh, providing or that you are exposing yourself to. Yeah. Uh, and take the time to uh, just rest your brain and rest your mind. Um, yeah. Give your give your give your mind a chance to heal and uh, recover from all the stimulation you mm-hmm. get with school, with homework, with sports. Um, and so really find a way to, to center that, uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the overstimulation that you're getting. Yeah. I completely agree with that idea that sometimes it is necessary to slow down. I mean, with our new generation, there's also a new world and with that comes new pressures as well as new benefits. I mean, obviously, in the modern world, some things that we do see is just the pressure from online and, like, the internet, as you mentioned, but also a lot of the rising global issues and how there's so much going on around us. I mean, it's definitely a change that many have to adapt to, and that's very important. Um, With that said, one of the main things that's growing as of today is mental health. So, you've obviously done a lot for... uh, a lot for your community when it comes to mental health. So let's talk to let's talk about your passion with that. What inspired you to initiate the organization of mental health community board meetings? So um, we had a you know I have seen over time uh, obviously in my office working with kids as they grow mm-hmm. up um, a lot of the mental health strains that that yeah. they go through. Uh, but I'm also very involved in my uh, religious community in the in the yeah. Dowdy Bora Mosque uh, in Willowbrook um, as the uh, health director there, the medical yeah. health director there. Um, and so we work with kids uh, in their uh, what we'd call their Sunday school classes yeah. or their religious classes, um, and we talk a lot about um, exposures to yeah. mental health issues. Uh, to uh, drugs like yeah. vapes and cigarettes and and all that, and we see the impact that that has on their faith, mm-hmm. on their mental health, uh, and on their well-being. Mm-hmm. And so, what we realized is that uh, you know the community is so important mm-hmm. in support of our youth, um, and that that spreads farther than just school. Yeah. Um, you know, there we we have to look at. Uh, all the people that connect with our youth. Um, And so we decided that we wanted to bring all these people together in a round table and have a discussion. So we joined together with the Illinois Department of Public Health and the Safety Burhani Medical Association and obviously the Chicago Dowdy Bora community. Mm -hmm. And we brought together um, uh, people from all walks of life. So obviously uh, you have your teachers and your social workers that connect with youth. Uh, but you also have uh, religious leaders. You have yeah. um, your psychiatrists and your psychologists. You have your youth organizations mm-hmm. like the uh, uh, Boys Club of America, like yeah. um, uh, you know uh, the West Forty, which is an yeah. organization that helps uh, with the uh, youth mental health in, mm-hmm. in schools. And so we brought all these people together. And of course, most mm-hmm. importantly, we we wanted to bring in students because. I think students yeah. as peers um, really uh, uh, are, are at the front line. You know, you yeah. have friends, you have other kids in school that you identify, that you may identify these needs for. We brought all these people together to discuss, mm-hmm. to communicate, yeah. to connect, mm-hmm. um, and to, to talk about 
what the mental health needs are, what yeah. their needs are in order to help their youth. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that was that's a passion of mine. I think that the community is so important mm-hmm. to support our youth uh, because these are the people who um, are around them a lot, yeah. who uh, have built relationships with yeah. our with our kids, and who our kids trust. And a lot of times, our kids will. Uh, uh, confide in yeah. a religious leader or in a, a social worker or maybe someone who doesn't mm-hmm. know how to approach um, their needs for for mental health support. Yeah. And so I think getting them, getting the frontline community leaders the support they need to yeah. to understand mental health better and to support the youth mm-hmm. is really what's going to help our youth. Um, come forward with their mental health needs and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Organizations like that are really just the beginning of a movement. You guys inspire teens, students, um, really the whole entire community to take action. And that's also visible in like high schools in our own educational areas. Cause in, in my own school, Hinsdale Central High School, kids have taken away that message of mental health and created their own clubs like Operation Snowball, or SADD, which is strong, um, taking action against destructive, um, action. So basically we can take clubs like that and it's really just a snowball effect because we're able to influence others, educate others, whether that be our peers, community, our environment. And that allows us to somewhat highlight that message of mental health, which is really important and needed for many of the students who may not realize they're facing their own mental plateaus, but it's, omnipresent no matter where it is so where do you as a doctor see the intersection of medicine as well as mental health in your role as a doctor well sure as before we get to that what was your experience you were at this yeah. uh, round table what did yeah. you think i found it really inspiring because we were able to discuss with a lot of people and that was that allowed me to somewhat open my perspective and i was also able to take away those ideas and from that I can reincorporate it in these things like the mental plateau our Instagram account and I can positively motivate our audience whether that be through the podcast or the Instagram account and I can make positive reinforcement messages and all that stuff and a similar experience to that was our Operation Snowball state meet we were able to see speakers from like all parts of Illinois the Midwest and they talked to us about the big issues that a lot of people are facing today and one thing that really struck to me was there was a speaker from IUPUI who had lost his son due to um, um, misuse with fentanyl. And that really touched me because it shows that such issues can be really dire even when it comes to drug use. And it's important to make sure we're safe no matter where we are and we touch all those like corners to ensure that our knowledge is full when it comes to mental health. Um, but yeah, that I feel like those and your organization as well as um, clubs like Operation Snowball and all types of organizations about mental health really take a lot of action. For well, that. I think that's really important because, you know, the organizations that, that you guys create mm-hmm. take away the stigma yeah. uh, uh, with mental health. And I think that's one of the yeah. biggest hurdles that kids run into is that they mm-hmm. feel like they're weak. Yeah. They feel like uh, they can't, that, that mental health isn't tangible. It's not something yeah. I can hold. So it's not real. Uh, yeah. And so this is a problem that we have not just here, but all over the world. Yeah. And so, uh, and we see this all over the world. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, y- your organizations bring to light mental health issues mm-hmm. and 
bring it to the forefront and that helps so many kids yeah understand that uh these are their this is that they need to talk about um how they're feeling and yeah. what they're going through and they need to get help yeah um, and so i think it's so important yeah and that's kind of the whole goal of mental plateau podcast it's to ensure that we can spread that message as i said earlier and um with that said mental health and medicine obviously has a lot of overlap so as an individual how have you like someone tried to mix that um, connection point and as a doctor can you share any experiences about how you're able to influence the people around you or your patients or anyone really well yeah I mean you know I feel like it's a responsibility of pediatricians to talk about mental health and I take yeah. a point every time I see a patient in my office no matter what their age to talk about how they responded yeah. uh, over the past year to their uh, school stressors and social stressors. And a lot of kids will say that, uh, oh, you know, I did fine, I, I managed, yeah. I got through it, I got good grades. Uh, but as you break down how they felt through yeah. that process, you help them realize that anxiety is not normal. Mm -hmm. um, some levels of anxiety are valuable yeah. We all need anxiety and stressors in order to motivate us to do things. And we actually yeah. rele release adrenaline, right, to help us focus mm -hmm. when we have some anxiety. But when your anxiety increases, you start to panic. You have palpitations. Yeah. You feel overwhelmed. Maybe you have a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I have so many kids who come into the office and they just they feel that that's normal because yeah. school is stressful. And so we take the time to understand that stress is never going to go away. Yeah. Stress is never going to end. I just tell them, wait till you have your own kids. Yeah. Right? Then you'll feel what stress mm -hmm. is like. Um, and so you have to learn to process that stress. Yeah. You have to lear learn to use the people around you. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of support. Every student has parents. They have social workers at school. They have a pediatrician. They have yeah. maybe friends. And they need to reach out and talk about these things. But mm -hmm. the first thing they need to understand is, where do we draw the line between normal stress and abnormal stress? Yeah. And once they understand that, then they can understand when they need to seek out help. So yeah. The biggest thing I will tell kids is talk to your parents. Yeah. Talk about how you feel and let them help you understand yeah. what stress is like. Yeah. And I tell parents, listen to your kids. Yeah. Right? We often try to brush things off as, oh, he'll get better, it'll be mm -hmm. fine, it's just a test, it's just this, it's just that. But listen to your kids and talk to them about it. Yeah. Ask them about their stress. Ask them about their mental yeah. health. Because the more you communicate, the more likely they are mm -hmm. to talk to you. Yeah, and I completely agree with that idea. That anxiety and being nervous is not supposed to be a, a common factor in our society. And I feel that's really omnipresent when it comes to our education and our schools. I mean, with the rising academic environment and the intensity of that, a lot of students are feeling pressure to take more and more hard classes and there's really been a lot of um, a lot of action being taken around that. Students need to make sure that they realize that it's important to focus on ourselves more than our education. Because if we don't have a strong foundation, then we can't really grow um, from that. So are there any um, certain positive outcomes or success stories that you want to share from either your community board meetings or as being a pediatrician? Yeah, I mean... Uh success stories I mean every kid that I see in my office I think is mm -hmm. a success story yeah. you know 
kids have struggles and uh, um, you know even the strongest kid has struggles yeah uh, and uh, we see a lot of sex success stories um, mm -hmm. kids who work hard to mm -hmm. help themselves yeah. kids obviously working hard in school um, and some have more struggles than others right some mm -hmm. have uh, uh, learning disabilities, yeah. um, some have attention and focus issues yeah. um, that we work through with them, that we help them with, uh, we talk about, um, and some that we use medication for. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I see it every day, you know, kids who are thriving in school because they're getting the help yeah. that they need. Um, and kids who come in struggling in tears because uh, they can't uh, uh, bear the burden or they can't yeah manage the weight of the stress that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, uh, especially this generation of kids, uh, I think they're growing up too fast. Yeah. And they are taking on the stress of life um, too early. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, it was all about shooting hoops in the backyard. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now there's, uh, you know, uh, kids are, uh, you know, school is competitive, sports mm -hmm. are so competitive, and I think that uh, in many ways kids don't have a chance to take a mm -hmm. breath. Yeah. Um, and you have to think about what your goals are uh, and what you need to reach those goals yeah. and give yourself a break. Yeah. Um, uh, and that, that I think is the, the communication, the conversation that has helped kids succeed. Yeah. Um, but we see it in my office all the time and I see yeah. it in my community too. You know, I talk to kids in my community as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just talking helps them. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a very fulfilling career. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, you know, every day I come into work, it's, it's hard, it's tiring, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Uh, because every day I see kids who are struggling but every day I see kids who I've had the opportunity um, to help, and I've had, you know, I, I tell, I, I feel, I feel like it is something that uh, is a blessing for me yeah. um, that I have the chance and I have the ability to help these kids yeah. uh, who are in need. So, um, yeah, we see that every day. Yeah, I mean, the younger parts of society are extremely grateful for people like yourself who are trying to take action and care about the younger parts of society as well as the world. And that really comes to show, as you said, that communication is very important. I mean, just showing, I, whether that be your mental presence or your physical presence, it always helps with the issues that anyone's facing. And with that said, how do you feel about mental health amongst the younger generations? And how do you feel that we can promote that destigmatization about mental health within their communities, considering the huge stigma that's there? Well, I think it's just important to keep talking about it, doing yeah. the things that you're doing, uh, mm. all the organizations that are out there. Yeah. Uh, but most importantly, you know, we all have friends. Yeah. And I think it's our responsibility. When I call myself the friend of, uh, of someone, I think it's my responsibility to be there yeah. for them. And so when you see a friend who's struggling, when you see a friend who is in pain yeah. or who is uh, having a hard time, yeah. don't help them hide their, mm -hmm. uh, their pain. Yeah. Uh, help them talk about it. Help them find, yeah. uh, help, them find help. Yeah. Right? Because as a, as a teenager, um, as a high school student, yeah. you are the, the best path or the best connection mm -hmm. 
for your friend to a um, uh, to the to to an adult or to someone who can help them. Unfortunately, as students, you can't be their therapist. Yeah. Right. But you can help guide them to the right help, and that mm-hmm. and that uh, that's so important as a friend yeah. um, to be able to do that. Uh, so I think that's one of the most important things is mm-hmm. keep your eyes open. Yeah. Um, you know, don't just don't just hide it. Yeah, I agree with that message. That even though you can't be one's therapist, you can still be a friend. You can someone guide them to the resources they need, whether that be subtly by just like informing their friends or community that maybe you need support them more, or even just giving them that emotional support as a friend, as a like as human beings, we can connect with each other and appreciate each other for the people we are. So with that, well, so so you know one one of the things that I. When, when I talk to kids about their mm-hmm. mental health issues, when I get kids who are uh, a little me- have mental blocks about yeah. seeking help for their mental health, one of the mm-hmm. first things I tell them is about myself. Yeah. You know, I had a really hard time during COVID. Yeah. Um, that first year of COVID, I, had, I got COVID back uh, that first Thanksgiving mm-hmm. when we had a really big peak of COVID. And yeah. I dealt with, you know, long COVID for seven or eight months. I wasn't yeah. sleeping well. I had severe anxiety. Um, uh, and was really struggling with my mental health. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was not until I had the realization that you know I'm, uh, you know I'm just as susceptible to mental health issues as the people that I treat. Yeah. Um, and when I got help, uh, it made a big difference. And so I think when when people realize that they're not alone, mm-hmm. that there are other people around them that have same difficulties mm-hmm. and are seeking the same kind of help yeah. and they feel like they're part of a community and they're not singled out yeah and i think that's what's important is for people for them to realize that mm-hmm. even the people around them who are who they may think are strong mm-hmm. uh inside they're all going through a lot of the same things yeah and i feel that that co- that covid pandemic came as some of a blessing disguise because it allowed us to form stronger bonds with the people around us and before 2020, I don't feel like there's much talk about mental health, but having that time to focus on ourselves is really what brought it all to light. So I feel that that was obviously a major part um, for the community mental health and ensuring that we were somewhat highlighted amongst all community and amongst all the dull during such like scary times of the pandemic. It's hard to look at the silver linings of COVID. Yeah. I mean, COVID, there was so much uh, loss and so yeah. much pain uh, that came from COVID. Uh, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that we learn from uh, the problems that we run into. Yeah. Um, you know, you tell the the you, you tell parents all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Your kids have to fail to learn. Yeah. And uh, we went through as a as a community um, a lot of hardship mm-hmm. uh, during COVID, uh, but we learned to come together yeah. uh, and to support each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I just hope we don't forget that, you know, uh, our society is so quick to turn a blind eye to Mm -hmm. things uh, once the the problem uh, is resolved. And uh, I really hope that, you know, as a community, we continue to push for uh, and to support the mental health of not just our youth, but our elderly. Yeah. Um, and our, uh, you know, people my age, right? Yeah. We all have we all have needs. We all need mm-hmm. support. We all need people around us to help prop us up when we uh, are going through difficult mm-hmm. times. And so we need to continue to support each other as a community. Yeah.
So with that said, I feel that we really covered everything. And thank you so much, Dr. Musaboy, for sharing your outlooks, your outsides, as well as being extremely helpful to guiding students, as well as others that inquire more in the medical field. Um, you've really shown an omnipresence of mental health, even when it comes to the medical field. And personally, I feel like I really resonated with your message of communication and how we should take action with every single generation, every single environment, and how we should just really respect others. Um, and I hope that others all others are also able to take away that same, same message, despite that, that despite that be our environment, our peers, our students, our friends, anyone really, and even listeners. And thanks so much for listening in today's episode of Mental Plateau. And remember to be healthy as a whole, because mental wellness plays a role. Thank you.